Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo Technology, and here we are again recording another podcast session. Uh, today I'm joined by Nigel Small, all the way from the UK. Hi Nigel. Hello Rick, how are you hey. doing? I'm doing very well, and you? Uh, yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, the sun is shining over here, I hope it is over there as it's, well. It's, it's pretty bright here as well, actually. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. So, um, Nigel, uh, welcome to the podcast, and um, you know, we always talk about a couple of short things here. The first thing is, who are you? Uh, well, I'm <laughs> Nigel Small. <laughs> um, I've joined, joined Neo uh, Technology last year, last August, uh-huh. and um, that was after being about uh, a groupie for about three years uh, yeah. prior to that um, I built the uh, one, well, one of the Python drivers so I've been hanging around the community for some time um, gathering users for the for the driver and gradually getting more and more into the database itself absolutely well you know the Python Neo thing is very popular it seems right it's uh... it's 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 definitely it's definitely become a lot more a lot more popular than I ever expected it kind of fell out as an accident really but uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> it's 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 become reasonably successful I'm quite pleased fantastic well would you mind telling us a little bit about how you got into graphs and why you got into graphs and of course why did you get into Python Neo all ah, right yes well uh, well it kind of all started um, due to Jim Weber actually oh no not Jim again uh, yes <laughs> yes yeah, his, his, his name keeps cropping up um, I, I, I worked with Jim um, briefly uh, when he was when he was consulting in a, in a previous life uh-huh. and um, and we stayed we stayed in touch and uh, I remember having a conversation with him at some point about databases and him telling me that uh, that the old relational table based databases were were a bit passe and I needed to look at the uh, I need to look at look at these graph databases. Uh-huh. So having having no knowledge really of what these were and no knowledge of of graph theory at all, it was not something I'd ever come across. Um, spent some time looking into it and uh, and decided to try to apply it to um, uh, my family tree, which was a which was a hobby of mine at the time. Uh-huh. And so so started looking at how I could store some of my family tree data into a graph. Uh, Python was a language which I enjoyed using anyway uh, from a hobby point of view. So uh, played around with the REST interface, which was quite new at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote some, uh, wrote a few uh, bits of Python code to uh, to get some data in and out, and ended up getting rather distracted on the uh, on the uh, on the mechanism for actually putting data in and out, um, and forgot about the family tree side of it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and ended up developing those uh, those bits of code into what's now Pythonio. Oh wow! So it's basically a wrapper around the REST API that you've built, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's what's called it's, a language driver. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, one, so, one of the one of the early ones. There were, I think, because the because the REST interface was uh, reasonably new at that time. Uh, I was I was one of the uh, uh, one of the early pioneers, I think, of, of writing drivers. It's called a guinea pig, Nigel. It's called absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's been rewritten several times since to correct a lot of the errors I made in the early days. <laughs> okay. So so what did you like about uh, you know working with the, the graph database in, in at the first you know, first instance? You know what what attracted you? Um, I, I think I think the fact that it was something different. It was it was it was good to get my head into something that was. Uh, uh, that was that was a lot different to anything else I'd used before. I'd, I'd worked very heavily with uh, with databases for some time. I'd worked as a DBA um, and programmer uh, for about 15 years mm-hmm. prior to that, but had only ever been exposed to to standard tables. Mm-hmm. So um, so it was it was nice to get my head in something else and and and, and see what it was like. And it was um, 
it was a challenge to start with. As I say, I knew knew no graph theory at all. Didn't really at first see quite how this was going to apply to to the vast majority of data that that I'd ever worked with before because I was still thinking very much in tables. So it took quite some time to to undo everything that I already knew and reapply it to graphs. But now, yeah. I, now I think I'm looking around at most bits of data. I was recently uh, putting together some. Uh, uh, some political data for a, for a session that I'm doing, uh-huh. and and realizing that it actually fits very very naturally when you're talking about uh, uh, politicians who belong to a particular party and who stood in a particular election, and all of those things are very much objects you can represent as nodes with relationships between them. Yeah. And a graph now feels very natural for most kinds of data modeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, to, to be honest, I, it's funny that you mentioned the family tree. I mean, hierarchies are graphs, right? Uh, I actually did a family tree of my own one day, and, and I discovered I was Dutch, <laughs> 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 which was a hilarious uh, meetup presentation, actually. Uh, was, it, was that a good or a bad thing? I don't, I, I don't have much opinion uh, on that. Uh, let's let's talk about something else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about you know where is it going, uh, Nigel? I mean, you've been working on some really exciting stuff uh, at Neo, but where do you see you know graph databases in general and some of the work that you've recently been doing as an engineer at Neo? Where do you see that going? Well, um, well, the work I've been doing uh, for the past few months uh, has been on what, what we've uh, loosely branded our new remoting project. So, um, given that I've come in with some knowledge of of, of drivers and the, the interaction between the clients and the servers, um, it's it's been quite nice to fall into a, a project that's very closely related to that to rebuild a lot of the uh, uh, the protocol um, and the client server. Uh, capabilities for the for the for the database itself. So is we're that, looking. Is that an alternative to REST then, or what is it? It, it, it will be eventually. Yes, we're okay. looking at something that's going to be hopefully, uh, well, uh, more performant. Something that's much more in the uh, order of magnitude of performance uh, that we that we see with with embedded databases. Okay. Um, ultimately, yes, replace uh, a large number of the use cases for. Uh, for the REST interface, I don't, I don't know whether we'll end up replacing everything because there are still some, still some good uses for having an HTTP interface for you know sure. a very low barrier of entry. But the vast majority of applications, I think, will end up using a new protocol. Okay. Uh, and and one of the things that I particularly want to do is to try to level out um, the experience across languages. Um, tr- traditionally, Neo has been very uh, Java centric for obvious reasons. This is where it came from. This is its, this is its background. But coming from a coming from a Python world, I want to make sure that we've got the same kind of uh, performance capabilities in Python, and then the same in PHP and Ruby and all the other languages that we want to be able to connect to to Neo. With. You shouldn't almost shouldn't have to know that the that the underlying database has been written in Java Absolutely. because it doesn't matter what you're using, what stack you're using, you're going to find that Neo performs blisteringly fast regardless. Yeah, so so that's a, that's the a first point of evolution, right? Where we're going with a binary protocol like that. Uh, that's a, a big, big new thing, right? And Absolutely. A, a, any other, other things that you see coming up at, on the horizon, you know, that you think are really exciting? Well, uh, there's 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 a lot of work going on with the with the big graph side of things. So so not only are we making access faster, but uh, there's a team working on 
on scalability as well and making sure that we can add new servers you know make thing make things perform <laughs> in a in a linear way faster with each server that you add so i think i think the the capabilities of of the platform itself are growing uh very very rapidly yeah. and and i think we're going to see a lot more uh, a lot more installs and we it's going to become a much more a mainstream product than it has been in the past yeah absolutely well, thank you so much, uh, Nigel, for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And, uh, well, you know, I'm sure everyone will have a, a chance to meet you at GraphConnect, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to be hovering around London on, on the 6th, the 7th, and the 8th. So we've yeah. got uh, the 7th is the GraphConnect day, but the uh, uh, on the 6th, we have a we have an ecosystem day where I'm doing a couple of sessions to talk about the new remoting project as well. So it'd be good to see as many people as possible. Yeah, super. Thanks, Nigel. Talk to you soon, man. Great stuff, Rick. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye.